You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. This is the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco. Uh, Brian will be with us a little bit later, but to kick things off, we have with us our guest. You know him from NFL Network and Good Morning Football. He is a 49ers fan, and he is Will Selva. Will, thanks for being on the show again. Hey, absolutely, Al. I'm just glad I'm on with you. I mean, come on, Brian, where are you? What's up? <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be upset he, he missed this one. Well, I got to start off with a question. The Niners a couple weeks ago, they beat Dallas 42 to 10, and they look like the best team in the league. It looks like nothing is going to stop them. Fast forward a couple weeks, they have a few key injuries to Debo and Trent Williams, and they've had a couple of sloppy losses. There's been some questions starting to pop up and maybe some weaknesses that we see. Do you consider the last two weeks sort of a blip, or are there bigger things here that you're worried about? There definitely are issues. Do I think it's panic time? No, but the issues that I see on defense are apparent. The inability to get off the field on third down was problematic against the Vikings. Also problematic is the middle of the field and so much room to roam for guys like TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Mm -hmm. Addison to be so wide open. I also think the lack of a pass rush also is hurting them as well because without the pass rush, you are leaving your secondary very vulnerable. And they paid Nick Bosa a lot of money to get after the quarterback. He hasn't been able to do it. Now credit the Vikings O-line. They were able to scheme around that and make sure that Kirk Cousins was untouched. But the fact that they just could not get any sort of pressure on him was concerning and then there was also the Steve Wilkes defensive call at the end of the first half where he decided to call a zero blitz which Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. obviously was not happy about he said he spoke to Steve Wilkes on it and so for Steve Wilkes I don't know if part of it is that he wanted to bring more of maybe his philosophy and schemes to this particular defensive unit instead he is working with a lot of the concepts and philosophies that are already in place. 
you know, philosophies and concepts that were put in place by guys like Sala and D'Amico Ryans. So mm-hmm. to me, the difference or for me, the, the the defense certainly is is something that's that's concerning. I do think the field goal kicking situation is also a concern because you have a rookie kicker out there. And even though Brock Purdy led that offense down the field and set him up for a game winning kick from 41 yards out, he didn't convert. Then we go to mm-hmm. Monday night, even though he made that 55 yard field goal he still was missing kicks and what happens when it's the playoffs and, and we know Shanahan likes to run the ball and use that defense to, to stop other teams, milk the clock. And to me, those stick out as the biggest issues for me. So I think I'm going to jump to the defense based on what you said, because I agree that the Bosa stuff and the pressure is concerning to me too. And Mm -hmm. here's a stat for you going back the last 12 games to last season, Nick Bosa has three and a half sacks. That's wow. It. And if you look at the defensive line as a whole, Bosa, Farrell, Jackson, and now Gregory have just three and a half sacks combined, defensive ends, I should say, mm-hmm. um, have just three and a half sacks combined since since week one. So yeah. the ends are a concern. Now, do you think this is a product of maybe because Bosa is not quite there yet, it has a ripple effect? Or is the, the are the defensive ends just not as good after they lost to Menahue and Eaglecombe? Yeah, well, you see what Amenahu is doing with Kansas City. He's been a difference maker for that defense. And I think his presence was sorely missed. I thought that having Javon Hargrave was an excellent pickup, especially in that interior and trying to get push up the middle. It does seem, though, that they are having this revolving door on the other side of Bosa, which isn't quite working. I mean, we saw Andy, Gre- or excuse me, Randy Gregory uh, there on Monday night, maybe once uh, get close to sacking Kirk Cousins. That's not enough. Remember, Cleveland Farrell was a former first round pick for the Raiders, mm-hmm. and here he was getting uh, another opportunity to play, and he he hasn't been a factor at all. Uh, I think Jackson, they were expecting more things from. So that other side is problematic. I think they thought that maybe Randy Gregory was the answer, that he would be the one that would have a little more juice, would be a little bit more uh, like the Randy Gregory that we've seen in years mm-hmm. past. I mean, he didn't have uh, that sort of, of uh, uh, motor or ability to get the quarterback in Denver. But Denver right now is is – is a mess as a team. So that, that opposite side of Bosa is certainly not helping out. And I think it's just accentuating the issue with Bosa not getting any sacks because the pressure's really on him to get after the quarterback. So I got to ask you about Brock Purdy too, who I thought had played tremendous over the first five games. And then, then he didn't play so well against Cleveland. It was raining. There were some factors and I actually mm-hmm. thought he was good too against Minnesota right until the end there. And then yeah. he gets that hit on the head. And after that, he's two for six with the two interceptions. I don't want to say that that was an excuse. It may have been, it may not have been, but I think with Purdy overall, I've been really pleased with how he's done coming in after the arm injury and just being a 23 year old quarterback with a lot of pressure on you. I think he's done a good job. And I, I, I do believe he's going to bounce back. Where are you on Purdy just in terms of being the franchise guy for this team? I still feel like he is the future. I do feel like he brings a lot of promise. The thing that he does so well is he's able to process and mm-hmm. make the throws with anticipation. If you see some of the broadcasts 
over the last few games and some of the analysts and the things that they point out about Purdy, they telestrate it. He throws as guys are making their cuts. So he's throwing with way anticipation, even when he has the blitzes in his face, like we saw against the Giants. He makes these throws, and the the Browns were in his face a lot too. It, you know, were there throws that he sailed that he wishes he could have had back? Of course, but I still think he is equipped to run this offense the best, even better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy's Agreed. issue, besides being um, always injured, it seemed like, but also, you know, Jimmy got handed to him. He always had a quick release, but I think the processing that, that Brock Purdy does when he's behind the, the center behind the O line and just picking up all the coverages and, and you see Ayuk really shines and, and Debo really shines. And then he finally finds, you, you know, Kittle. So I'm not panicking yet. I mean, he is, after all, still learning his way through through the system, playing in the NFL, played in 12 games. Yes, he's 10 and two. Yes, those those two passes that ended up being interceptions at the end of the Minnesota game were backbreakers. No question. I'd like to think that he will learn from that. And I think having a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who now knows he can put all the trust in Brock Purdy, is going to be able to work with them to avoid mistakes like that in the future. Because I love his demeanor, too. He's got a great mm-hmm. demeanor. He's he's ultra patient and poised there. And like I said, he goes through his progressions. And there have been a lot of times he makes throws as he's getting hit. And, and guys are, are right in the middle of their cuts. And they're just delivered right in the breadbasket. So I, I, I'm not there yet to 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 panic on Brock Purdy not not there not there yet agree I agree with everything you just said there think and people have to remember this wasn't a veteran quarterback that just took over last year he, he was a rookie he's only 23 years old and there are going to be ups and downs there's a lot of pressure exactly. on him but I, I, I think he's handled it well mm-hmm. so the Eagles who still remain the main competition for the 49ers they look like they're getting better they just make a big trade for Kevin Bayard um, mm-hmm. We've seen the 49ers be aggressive. I mean, obviously last year with McCaffrey and even in 2019, I don't think they go to the Super Bowl without getting Emmanuel Sanders. That was a huge trade. Great. I feel like they're going to be aggressive again. Um, what needs do you think they have? What positions do you think they should target or, or maybe even a player that you like that, that they, you think they should bring in? I mean, I would love for them to get uh, another cornerback, a, mm-hmm. a shutdown cornerback. I mean, I think, Sertan or Sertain, depending on your pronunciation, because it seems like it changes for announcers uh, day after day. I think somebody like that would be really beneficial because the problem is if if the pass rush isn't doing its job, if they're not getting to the quarterback, it is exposing the the cornerbacks. And I do think while they have some some young players there, you know, like uh, uh, Lenore, for example, and some of these younger guys, I, I just feel like a, another shutdown corner gives you peace of mind in case they, they can't get sacks because it's all predicated. This team has been built on having a strong defensive line. And sometimes I think like if that, if the pass rush isn't working, you just are so vulnerable to, to the deep throws and Mm -hmm. Traverius Ward, you know, he had his issues too. Right. And there were some calls there, some pass interference calls where, where he got caught and, 
It's just who else can you really 100% count on there in in the defensive secondary? Yeah, Hufunga has been tremendous. Gibson's been tremendous as well. But just in terms of cornerbacks, I get a little bit leery there. I get a little bit worried. So uh, Sertan, I think, would be a shoot-for-the-moon guy to get. Would he be mm. available? I don't know. But I think that the 49ers, if this is the year for them to pull a trade for a guy like that, it would be now. Uh, so I think a shutdown corner like of, of his elk would be something that they should they should target. And this is a huge game now all of a sudden this week. And the Bengals have not been good. They've obviously been a disappointment this year, especially on offense, where they're mm -hmm. 31st in the league, I think, right now in points scored. They've only scored 100 points. Burrow's QB rating is under 80, mainly because I think he's had the calf injury. Right. Now, I, heard, I read today that he's been under center a lot at practice. So I did some research, and actually I – Matt Hamilton was talking about um, they've been under center only 4.3% of the time this year. Yeah. And if you go back to the Super Bowl year, um, they were under center 38.1%. So they haven't been able to run that offense, the play action. Joe Mixon's more of a downhill guy. So I feel like they may see a different Bengals team coming off the bye, maybe with a more healthy burrow. And this game could be tougher than it looked a few weeks ago. How do you see this game playing out? Do you think the Niners can, can turn things around or, or are the Bengals going to continue their, uh, their losing streak? You know, I, I am a little concerned about this game because this is a yet another test for the 49ers before the 49ers have thereby. This is a short week for them. We have to see about Trent Williams health because he was definitely missed as well on Monday mm -hmm. night. I think Debo's presence was also missed. Obviously he's not going to be in this game. Um, I think that the Bengals, the way that they've been playing the offense, has been playing better of late just before the bye. We saw Burrow really start to get in with rhythm and find um, you know, Jamar Chase. They're trying to get him more involved. And I think that's that's a key for their offense. And I do think that Joe Burrow's calf has been critical. Uh, so far for them, because early on in the season, he looked like he was limited with his mobility and what he was able to do. And in their last couple of games, that calf was really tested. And earlier in the season, he seemed like he was a shell of himself. But now he's extending plays more and we're seeing mm -hmm. him, you know, uh, be a little bit more like the Joe Burrow of, of old. And I think I think the, the 49ers, we saw what Kirk Cousins did with Jordan Addison, and they did not have Justin Jefferson. Well, here comes Jamar Chase. Again, right. that's going to be an issue where are they going to be able to figure out the middle of the field and not leaving it so open and vulnerable? And to me, that that would be the ultimate concern. I think this is going to be a close game. And I think that ultimately, especially if Purdy can play, they'll be able to win in a close one. But it's definitely not going to be easy street here. This is a team, the the Bengals, who have been on a little bit of a streak now. They got up to, to a bad start. I think they are going to be rejuvenated. Another week of rest for Burrow. And uh, again, given given what Hawkinson did in it, you know, in that offense on Monday night. It's going to be tough for the 49ers. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think the 49ers end up end up taking it because this was the thing that Fred Warner had said. They need to win the grimy games. And right. the, the game against the Browns was a grimy game. And even the Vikings game was a grimy game because they still had a chance 
even even though the interceptions were backbreakers, they they had a chance still to to win it and come back. But we saw McCaffrey's um, turnover, his fumble, and that's not something that he does a lot of. So if they can be turnover free, and assuming that Brock Purdy is healthy, and he doesn't throw uh, a, a pick or two like like he did. Uh, on Monday night, I think that will be beneficial to the 49ers. And I think that will be the difference for them if if they are to win this week. Will, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Mel. And tell Brian, come on, get out of here. I'm not a bad <laughs> he's, person. He's got to get it together. He's got to get it together. <laughs> All right, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it, Al. All right, bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Thanks again to Will Silva for joining us on the show. Always love talking to those guys, man. Good Morning Football is one of my favorite shows. I mean, I used to wake up in the morning and I used to start my day with Sports Center, and now I do with Good Morning Football. So to be able to talk to the people that are on that show and, and have a relationship with NFL Network like we do, it's really cool. We've had Will on. We've had Kyle Brand on. We've had Matt Hamilton on. Um, we've had other people from NFL Network on, too. Cynthia Freeland, Mike Silver when he was with NFL Network and then not with NFL Network. Elliot Harrison was another person that we had on from NFL Network. Um, so it's been really cool to do that. Um, and it's awesome when you talk to these people because they're all great people. They're all football fans. And like I said, Will is a football fan. He's just a great guy. So to be able to have people like that on the show and, and develop those relationships is a really cool part of this. And I, I hope that you, you guys enjoy those interviews. All right, this game, man, I still can't believe we are where we are with the Niners. Like I said to Will, two weeks ago after that Dallas game, you're, you're just flying high. You're just on top of the world. This looks like the best team in the NFL. Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, Ravens, Lions, bring them on. It, it, it didn't matter. The Niners just looked like an unstoppable force. But like Nick Bosa said, the NFL will humble you, and it has. And the injuries are definitely a part of what we've seen, what we have seen going on. When you lose a game by just a couple of points, you know, they just, they miss a field goal to lose to Cleveland. They're driving to win other than an interception against the Vikings, they didn't play well in either one of those games. And they were that close to winning. You insert a Debo Samuel into that. And maybe the game changes around. So the injuries had a lot to do with it, but it also doesn't take away from the deficiencies that we've seen. So the Niners have a lot of rebounding to do, especially like Will said on the defensive side of the ball. We have to see that pass rush get there. It sounded like Kyle Shanahan hasn't been super happy about what he's seen either on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he was asked about the play at the end of the half against Minnesota, um, where Steve Wilkes called the blitz and Minnesota threw the 60 yard touchdown pass. And uh, Kyle, Kyle said of Wilkes, he knows he messed up on that call. 
I have no problem with zero blitzes, especially when people need a lot of yards. If you need to get 20 yards to kick a field goal, I have no problem with the zero blitz, but I do when there's 16 seconds left. So do I. Uh, that's, that's where he lost track. There was no necessary need for, for that just because of the time. I have no problem with the play call, but when it's the time you can't, when it's that time, you can't do that. That's not an option. So Kyle said that publicly, and I'm sure he said the same thing to Steve Wilkes, but obviously he wasn't super happy with that, and neither were the fans or anybody else. It was not a great call. So they have some things they have to clean up this week um, against the Bengals team that comes in. So this Bengals team, man, they're they're similar to the 49ers the past couple of years, and that they start out slow, and then the second half or the second, you know, three-fourths of the season, they get hot. But this year, they haven't looked good at all. And I haven't been watching them closely in – I've watched a lot of the NFL. I have the ticket now and I try to watch as many games as I can, but I just haven't watched a lot of the Bengals for whatever reason. But I went into kind of a deep dive with them to see exactly what was going on statistic-wise. And offensively, I cannot believe, believe how bad this team is on offense. So listen to some of these stats. Uh, Rushing yards, they're last. They have 419 in six games and 3.5 yards per carry, which is 20th in the league. They have 1,538 yards gains, gained in six games, which is the lowest in the league. Yards per play, 4.2 is the worst. They have 100 first downs, which is 30th. I'm just going to keep going here because there's more shitty stats to, to go through. Scoring percentage, 26.9, which is 29th. Passing yards, they're 26th. Yards per attempt, they are last. Joe Burrow is last in yards per attempt at 5.3. Um, they've scored. Yards per completion is last at 8.4. They've scored 100 points, which is 31st. Now, they've only played six games, but still 100 points is, is not good. You, you could do the math. Joe Burrow has a rating of 79.8 this year, and he's averaging 205 yards per game. So Burrow, in his past couple seasons, his ratings were going back to 2021. He was completing 70% of his passes. Um, his rating was 108.3 that season. His rating the following year was 100.8, and right now he's at 79.8, um, only averaging two, about 205 yards per game this year. It was 288 in 2021 and 279 in 2022. Um, T. Higgins hasn't been healthy, and he only has 14 catches. How underneath has this passing game been? So for any Cincy player with more than four catches, Jamar T- Chase leads the team with 11.1 yards per reception. That's it. So it's been it's been pretty bad on the offensive side of the ball. Now they only have five turnovers this year, so that's a positive. They're not turning the ball over, but they're just not moving the ball. But the difference, and I mentioned it with Will, and I'm going to repeat it. So I was listening to um, Up and Adam show today. I just saw a clip of it, I should say, but with our buddy Matt Hamilton, friend of the show, Matt Hamilton, another great guy, Metafel Network that we've had on, um, and he was talking about Cincinnati and why he thinks things could turn around this week. So there was a tweet that I read, and I'll see if I can find who it was from. Um, Charlie Goldsmith, who maybe covers the Bengals. I probably should have looked that up. But he said, Joe Burrow is working under center snaps into his pre-practice routine. A new part of the program for Bengals offense that could play under center more going forward, as Brian Callahan said last week. So what does that mean? The Bengals have been in shotgun for a lot of this year. They've actually only been under center um, for 4.3% of their plays. And they're bottom five in the league in um, play-action pass attempts. If you go back to the Super Bowl year, 
they were under center 38.1% of the time. So that was a big part of their offense, Burrow being under center, play action. And Joe Mixon is more of a downhill runner. So if they're doing these shotgun runs, he's, he's not going to be as effective. Now, if they can get behind center again and run this game, he may be more effective, but we know how much the Niners struggled stopping the run this year. So it could play in. If it's, if it's a healthy Bengals offense, if the Niners can't get pressure, if the secondary is playing too much cushion, if they're playing off again, and giving these receivers space, and if Mixon can get it going, it can be a long day for the defense. Crazy to say that again after a few weeks that you'd say you're really worried about the 49ers defense, but, but I am. If, if this is a healthy Bengals team, very concerned about it. I'm very concerned about that. Now, defensively, they've actually forced 10 turnovers this year. Um, they've, Trey Henderson leads them with seven sacks. So they're getting to the quarterback, and they are forcing turnovers. Now, they've only played six games, um, but they actually lead the NFL in yak yards allowed with 551 and they have their intercept interception percentage is 4.1 and that's the second best and they have eight total picks. So they force turnovers in the secondary. Um, they, they get to the quarterback and, and they don't allow yak yards, which obviously for the Niners, that can be a big part of their offense. Now where they do struggle is they have a, their rushing D is not good. So um, they give up five yards per carry and they've given up 142 yards per game on the 142 yards per game on the ground, which is the fourth most. And they give up 5.6 yards per play, which is bottom 10 because of how poor they are in the, the rushing game. Because they are good in the passing game. Um, the QB rating, like I said, I mentioned the interceptions. The QB rating allowed is only 79.7. And they have a very good sack rate at 8.9%, which is fifth in the league. To compare to you, um, the Niners' sack rate is 5.1%, which is, uh, I believe it's 28th right now. The Niners are right down at the, at the bottom there. So going to be challenging on both sides of the ball for the 49ers. This isn't the easy game it looked like a few weeks ago. This is going to be a really tough game. It's going to be a marquee game. It's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. So the Niners have to come in here with their, with their A game. It does help that the Niners are at home. You know, they've been on the road a couple of weeks. Definitely going to help them. But I, I think this this is going to be a really close game, a really close game that I think is going to maybe come down to a field goal at the end. I don't see it like where the Niners came in and, and blew Dallas out. I think this is going to be a good game, similar to the game they played a couple of years ago that came down to the end, where Garoppolo threw a would-be interception that went through, I forget the safety's name for Cincinnati, and then the Niners came back and won in overtime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now, Purdy's dealing with concussion. 
And I didn't notice that in the game at all when it was, I don't know if it was the first sneak or the second sneak, but Jordan Hicks came in and just blasted him in the head. I don't know how no one noticed that. I don't know how he wasn't checked. If you saw the replay, if you didn't, it's on my Twitter feed. Um, I retweeted it maybe from pro football talk, but it looks bad. Like he got his head hit really bad birdie. And I don't know if, like I mentioned earlier, he was two for six after that with the two interceptions. I'm not going to make excuses for him. I don't know if that was the reason he fell off. If he was a little bit, you know, cloudy or whatever, but it was a scary hit. Now he, today we're recording this on a Thursday. He was at practice. Uh, Donald was taking the first team reps, but Purdy was doing work. So if he can pass these concussion protocols, he still has a chance to play. If he doesn't play, you have Sam Darnold. Now, the Niners brought in Sam Darnold for this situation because they believe he can step in. And I don't want to say they're not going to miss a beat, but they believe that he can step in and, and do the job and, and keep things afloat. Here's what worries me with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has 56 career games entering this season. He has 68 total turnovers. He's thrown 55 interceptions and he has 13 inter 13 fumbles lost. And he's fumbled. I'd have to get the number. He's fumbled a lot, but he's only he's only um, lost 13 of them. But that's what scares me when I just went over all those numbers for the for the Bengals defense. They have an opportunistic secondary that causes turnovers. I worry about Darnold in that regard because Purdy, other than last game. I know he has turnover worthy plays and there's those stats, but the end of the day is he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions at the end of the day. I should say he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions. He had those two at the end of the last game, but before that he was very good with that number. He only had one this season before that and last season where they have three in the eight games or nine games or whatever it was that he played most of. So Purdy takes care of the football. Darnold traditionally does not. So that's got to scare you a little bit. And I, I think if it is Darnold and with this, porous Bengals defense rushing wise um, you could definitely see the Niners go to the run and just try to have Darnold I don't know throw 15 times 20 times something like that um, that's probably what you're going to see ladies and gentlemen Brian Reddick has joined the show I made it Here. I made it <laughs> I, I told everyone Brian I just did my whole preview like I, I just said it but perfect you want to hear from perfect. you too so Brian had a, a previous engagement. Will was very upset, which you'll hear if you, if you look to this back. He was like, I'm sorry, Will. Brian, what's his problem? Um, <laughs> I was like, listen, he wanted to be here. Brian's got some issues. We never know what's going on. No, but um, I was just talking, Brian. So I kind of went mm -hmm. over a lot of this game. I talked about yeah. the offense has been struggling, but Burrow, Burrow's um, feeling a little bit better. They're going to mm -hmm. be more better this game, which is going to help them. And I was just saying it's, it's going to be really, really tough for the Niners. I think it's going to be a yeah. close. As we get to the end here, I, I was about to give a game score. So, so tell us what you think real quick, I guess, like, where are you, where are you? Yeah. On? You know, my, my biggest concern. Yeah. My biggest concern for this game is Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo uh, going against Sam Darnold. Right. And whether Darnold starts or not, we don't know. Uh, Purdy was at practice today doing non-contact things. Uh, you saw, there was a video of him, uh, doing like a boot rollout and throwing the ball. And so I, I think there is still a chance that Purdy could play. Um, he just has to pass the concussion protocol. Yeah. And there's really no way for us to know if he's going to do that or not. Uh, but if Sam Darnold does have to play, I know that Kyle Shanahan has faith in Sam Darnold. I don't know that many other people do. Um, I do and, not. And that's, and that's a, a little bit scary to me. 
and then add to that uh, a defensive coordinator who is uh, very adept at uh, game planning week to week, which is one thing that I really respect about guys like Lou Anarumo in Cincinnati, uh, Bill Belichick, uh, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator in Baltimore, right? They are, they are defensive coordinators who don't just specialize in one thing and, and, and can create a game plan to take away the thing that you do well. And I would have to imagine that if, if Sam Darnold starts that Lou Anarumo's whole goal is to just stack the box and make Sam Darnold beat him. And does Darnold have the ability? A hundred percent. I mean, he's always had the ability. The question is, can he, can he execute this offense the way that Brock Purdy executes it? And I'd venture to say no. Uh, Debo's probably not going to play. Not and playing. it looks like Trent Williams it might not play. Trent didn't practice again today. So yeah. uh, the offense is already behind the eight ball without Debo, without Trent. And then you add the fact that Sam Darnold is starting and I don't have very high hopes for this game. Um, it could be a three losses in a row situation, which is obviously not ideal. But at the same time, uh, I do have a lot of confidence in Kyle Shanahan and scheming up in a week where he knows that he's going to be without Trent Williams, that he's going to be without Debo, right? You look at how Jalen Moore uh, held up in, in Minnesota and, and you have confidence in that. Uh, I really hope to see uh, a little bit more uh, imagination from Kyle when it comes to personnel. If Debo's not going to go, can we see Mason in the backfield with with McCaffrey in the slot? Right? Can you can you scheme some of these guys? Uh, can you can you get more more run for Ronnie Bell? Can you you know can you get Ray Ray McLeod uh, involved like you did in Cleveland? Now Ray Ray McLeod was involved in Cleveland because I think they game planned heavy around Debo, and when Debo went down, all those all those plays went to McLeod. So. You know, can you see something like that? I don't know, but I think this is a I, th I think this is as close to a must-win game for the 49ers in a week eight that that there is, and I just don't know if they have the horses on offense to keep up with a, a Bengals offense that is probably going to throw it all over the yard. And is Steve Wilkes going to have a better game as a defensive play caller this week than he did last week? You you certainly hope so, and. Is the 49ers defensive line going to take that performance in Minnesota personally and really step their game up at home against this Bengals uh, offensive line, which isn't great? You know, Burrow Burrow sees a lot of pressure, um, and then you know, is is Burrow's calf fully healed? They've they had bye week last week, so they've had two weeks to play to plan for this game. Um, it's a tough spot for the 49ers and. Uh, I, like I said, I, I just don't know that they have, uh, they have the horses to, to pull this one out this week, which obviously is not, not what you want to hear, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And if it's, if it's Darnold, I worry about the volume passing. Like, I think he can hit some big throws. I think you can game plan or, you know, or scheme around what, what he can mm -hmm. do well, but it, you got to keep it to like 20 ish throws, right. Run the ball a lot. Right. And it, Cause if, if you're throwing more than that, you got to throw 30 times. I don't trust him to not turn the ball over a couple times. But yeah. I am still going to say 49ers, it's a must-win game for them, and I think that they're going to respond. It's going to be tight. It may not always be pretty, but I'm going to say 24-20 to 20 they win this game. 
Yeah, I mean they they played they played this team two years ago. That was that awesome game. Brandon Ayuk won it uh, with that uh, that leap towards the end zone. Um, I think they match up well. Uh, a lot of the same pieces on both sides of the ball for both teams. Uh, the 49ers had a difficult time in that game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and again, if, if Sam Darnold is, is, is the guy taking snaps from center, it's just, I'm hard pressed to, to, to predict a victory. So I will say for the first time all season, I am going to say that the 49ers lose this game, uh, 27, 24 to the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. We'll see what happens. Thanks again to Will Selva for joining us for Brian. I am out. Later. Nine, zero, three. One, two, three. Nine, Twenty-four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 